Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 213. I am one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman. I am joined this evening by Jess Dunks. Hi, this is Jess. And Broken King. Wait, y'all are back? I thought I got rid of you. Oh, the coup was unsuccessful. (laughs) All right. Welcome back, friends. Provisional ballots have been counted and we are back on the podcast. <laughs> the popular vote. Yes. So uh 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 for for those of you listening at home or in your car or at work or wherever you listen to our podcast, tonight is election night here in the United States. And that's probably about the only reference that we're gonna make to it because this is gonna be a podcast <laughs> that we want to that we want people to refer to uh in the future. <laughs> uh I will say, uh speaking of referring to things though, I wanted to just Quick shout out. I was recently on a different podcast uh, called uh, Superhero Ethics, which is a co- podcast that's hosted by Matthew Westfox and uh, Jacob Milicic, who's been on the show before. Uh, and we talked about uh, the Soviet Superman in Superman Red Sun and all the weirdness with that. Um, and so I just wanted to say if you want to hear me talk about something that's not judging uh, and instead weird Superman stuff, Check that out at superheroethics.com. So I, I feel like research for a podcast on superhero ethics where you have to read like Superman comics is probably more fun than research for a Judge uh, JudgeCast episode. Oh, yeah. I, I like all I did was like <laughs> reread my, like one of my favorite comics. It was great. It was right. like, um, and like, we had so much fun talking about it. You can sit down with the MTR or uh, read about your favorite Kryptonian. That's not crypto, yeah. the super dog. Right. I had a <laughs> I had a nice dinner tonight with the MTR and uh, Master Chef Junior. So I understand. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that is what what Brogan had for dinner is one type of information. Um, <laughs> However, tonight we're going to be talking about um, the different types of information in magic, according to the uh, MTR. This was actually a request from uh, a listener, uh, uh, Level 2 Judge Mark Mason. He sent a, sent a message, I, I believe, to me and Jess, and was asking, hey, when what, what episode did you guys talk about uh, player communication? And the answer that we came back with was was episode thirty eight, which was seven years ago, long before I ever even started judging. Yeah. So uh, so um, if if you listened to episode thirty eight when it first aired, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we're going to be covering this topic again. So hopefully you've forgotten a lot of what we said last time. I know I have. Hopefully you've forgotten. (laughs) Not, hey, we have some updated information. Just, "Ah, I really hope you (laughs) forgot. So you're going to get to see, you're going to get to see how we've improved. If you go back and listen to episode 38, how we've improved (laughs) in seven years of of doing podcasts. One of the things I noticed when I went back and listened to the episode, which I did, is that we spent forever rambling before we got into the meat of the topic. So let's not do that this episode. Uh, Let's let's go ahead and Good dive segment. right in. Okay. Uh, so where do we start talking about information? What what is what what is it? Well, we we want to we want to have some rules on how how players communicate. Uh we we 
in order to play the game, players have to be able to communicate and convey information to each other. And what what we want is uh, because of that, because of the, the back and forth between players, we've had to classify the different types of information and the rules around them. Um, so now in the MTR, it actually specifies clearly, it says that, uh, a player, and this is a quote from the MTR, a player should have an advantage due to better understanding of the options provided by the rules of the game, greater awareness of the interactions of the current game state and superior tactical planning. Um, players are under no obligation to assist their opponents in playing the game, this playing their game. You know, you're not you're not entitled you're, or you're not expected to tell the other opponent, hey, that's a bad attack or constantly remind them, hey, my creature, this 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 token is a is a 10 10 that's a, that's attacking you. We're, they're not there's no obligation to help them in in that regard. I, I think a way that that might come up, a very simple way that might come up is if I attack with a creature with trample, but you don't understand how trample works and you block badly in a way that leaves you dead. It's not my obligation to say, if you block like that, you'll be dead. Right. There, there, there is an advantage to, to knowing the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. And these the, are written in such a way to allow that to be the case. And people, this is something that people care a lot about, especially at, at like high like at competitive REL or professional REL at, at high stakes events people want to get any edge that they can and having these defined having what you need to explain to your opponent and how is super important and there's aspects of the game there's bluffing is an aspect of the game um however <laughs> there there has to be there has to be a line between what's what's allowed and what isn't i can't for for example in in, in Jess's trample example i can't bluff that trample works differently than it really does by explaining that it works differently than it actually does because that's lying right um, so I I can't I can't misrepresent the rules of of the game and so the we've had to define these certain types of of information of what you can and can't say and what you don't have to answer um, in order to uh, allow the game to to flow in a kind of logical way. And honestly, most of what we're going to talk about um, doesn't come up in your average game of Magic because these are reasonably intuitive. Um, the way you talk to your opponent and the, the things that you need to clarify and how you need to clarify them are are generally intuitive. I, I, at least in my experience, I haven't had hardly any question. I, I don't get a lot of questions about, do I need to tell my opponent this? Because usually it's pretty clear what you do and do not need to say. And when we do get questions about that, uh, specifically, it's going to be in regards to something called derived information. We'll get, we'll get into that because that's the, that's the one that people have the most trouble with. But in order to get to that one, we have to go through, them in order. So the first one is the newest. Uh, it's uh, status information. Ooh. So ooh, yeah, I know. Like my Facebook status? Right. Uh, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, you know, post your status on Twitter. Maybe uh, it's, you. Yeah, that's a bad joke. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So what is what is what sort of information does you mean when when I talk about status? Uh, status is information that has to be announced uh, when it changes and physically tracked by the player. Um, however, you're tracking it has to be visible to both players. So, for example, things like life totals, things like uh, counters that you have attached to you, like like poison counters or energy counters. That's um, attached to the player, though, right? Yeah, uh, okay. counters that are attached to the to the player. That's what I meant by you. Um, and continuous effects that uh, that don't have a defined expiration within the game that apply to a player. So, like monarch or the city's blessing. What if I have an emblem? Well, that's that's different. This is <laughs> this is this right here is with respect to monarch and city's blessing. You have to you have Do to say you have it. I or you have to announce it. I have City's yeah. Blessing. Right. I I am the monarch. I've got the conch. <laughs> One thing I haven't mentioned yet is that at competitive and professional REL, um, you have to use a method for tracking status that's not easily changeable, like dice. Uh, you, you have to uh, use paper for your life total, for example, or, or something that's not easily changeable. Uh, and that's a recent update. So... So we've got life totals. We talked about the continuous effects. When we said the the counters a player has attached to them, you mentioned poison, but also energy uh, is one. And is there another? Is there another counter that gets attached uh, to a not, player? Yes, there there are other counters that can get attached to uh, players and commander. Okay, um, and so so those are pretty obvious though. Um, and don't think experience there are experience counters, right? Yeah, like experience counters. Uh, uh, okay. I'm not sure if there are any that see play in Legacy, but if there are, they have to be tracked in this way. All right. So, so I I like and and this was se- several years ago. Even even though this was a, a fairly new uh, type of information, it was co- uh, codified in the MTR that you had to announce life total changes. That's that's not a change. It's it's been that way for five years ish. Yeah. It's um, been a while. Right. And, and one of the great things about this explicitly calling it out life total discrepancies is one of the hardest things, uh, to figure out as, as a judge. So expecting the players and saying that it's a rule where, you know, when you take two and you go from 20 to 18 saying I'm at 18, uh, helps solve so many problems before they even happen before they even start. Yeah, the the announced upon change piece of this is is important. It it also helps with with uh, uh, when you gain energy. You know, when you you gain two energy and you say like, I've now got five energy. You know, that's that's a that also solved some problems with uh, with the difficulty in keeping track of that stuff. So and and that's what led to having it be necessary at competitive and professional REL to to. Uh, have to to write these down or track them in a way that is not easily just bumped or changed accidentally. Yeah. Because if that doesn't happen, it's so much easier to actually try to track it. If you aren't announcing these things out loud, we need a way to be able to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, there's a saying, there's no such thing as a free lunch, but there is such a thing as free information. <laughs> Zero dollars and zero cents for all this information. Is that why they tell you that advice is free? Advice is cheap. Well, but then how come I give you my two cents worth? I really hate this. 
What? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I I realized that that sounded way more genuine than I intended, and I feel really bad about it. Um, but but actually, free information though. Um, yeah, it's information. Uh, which all players are entitled access to without contamination or omission made by their opponents. So if somebody asks you for free and for something that is free information, you need to give them a whole answer. Um, (laughs) If a player is ever unable or unwilling to provide free information to an opponent that has requested it, they should call a judge and explain the situation. So um, things that are free information include, uh, Details of current game actions and past game actions that still affect the game state. Um, is there a particular example you all can think of for that? Uh, yeah. Um, Whether or not I've generated cast- an emblem. <laughs> yeah. <A laughs> or just, did um, is that the creature you cast giant growth on this turn? Right. Mm-hmm. What was the target of this thing you just played? Yeah. Right. Which land did you play this turn? Uh, mm-hmm. Really, um, like... Really, anything that we don't want players to say, oh, I don't have to tell you that about a thing they just did. Yeah. Hope you were paying attention there because I don't got to say nothing. No. (laughs) Don't have to tell you. Um, In addition, uh, the name of any visible object. This usually comes up if there are foreign cards that I may not recognize. If I ask you, what is this card? You need to tell me what the card is. Um, Or if I ask you, what is the name of this card? Um, the number and type of any counter that isn't defined as status information. So not the counters that are attached to players. So, so now we know exactly how many doom counters are on your Armageddon clock. Doom. Oh boy. Oh yeah. And, and and now we spend 20 minutes listing all kinds of, uh, weird counters. Yes. Like the filibuster counter, the fungus counter, Oh, the I'm very, filibuster the counter is one of my counter, favorites. The filibuster counter. I loved the filibuster counters, I'm not going to lie. The egg counter, the mannequin counter, the Meyer counter, <laughs> the music counter, so, the net counter. I So, okay, I know that you're reading this from a list because you're saying them in alphabetical yeah, order. The polyp counter. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or the pupa counter. All right, so uh, number and type of any counters. I can have seven different types of counters, but only one of each. And if I ask you how many counters are on that, <laughs> tell me what all the counters are, please. Um, uh, additionally, uh, the state, meaning whether it's tap, whether a permanent is tapped, attached to another permanent, uh, face down, um, that's a state. Those are all states. Um, and current zone of any object or player. Where am I as a player? What zone am I in? Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, additionally, uh, free information is the game score of the current match. So if we're finishing up a game and I'm worried about losing, if I ask you, hey, is this game two? I don't. You you, can't. You figure it out. I don't got to tell you. (laughs) Uh, Additionally, the contents of each player's mana pool. And the current step and or phase and which uh, player or players are active. And if you think about it, all of, all of these categories right here are things that if the opponent can, can say, I'm not going to answer, the game kind of breaks down. Like if I point to a card and say, 
what's the name of that card? And I, and I say, I don't have to tell you. It's going to be really hard to play the game, right? Or, yeah. or, or what sort of counter is on that creature? And you go like, oh, you figure it out. Uh, okay. It, it, you, you All right. Right. The game can't continue. So, so that's why this stuff is now the difference between this and status is with, with status information, you also have to provide, you know, the entire information without contamination or omission. But the difference is when status changes, you have to volunteer the information with free information. You're asked what it is and you have to, you have to provide the answer. So status information, you have to volunteer the answer. Free information, you still have to answer, you know, wholly and completely, but you can wait until you're asked for it. But you, you, you do not have to volunteer it every time it changes and and track it in a in the same way. Right. Right. If you are tracking it, it does need to main to to remain correct if there's something that you're tracking there. But otherwise, no. You don't have to volunteer it. So you're saying I can't just say I'm using dice for my counters and then just put them however I want? Yeah, so, the, well, the example that, that really this comes up with uh, is, like, when someone's playing Modern Storm, for example, and they have a lot of mana in their mana pool, they're often using dice or something else to, to track that. Um, it has to be right. <laughs> if, I spend, <laughs> yep. if I spend mana, I have to actually track it correctly. So if I'm going to track something that is free information... I need to track it correctly, is what I'm saying. That yep. makes sense. So I feel like what we have talked about thus far is 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 pretty pretty straightforward. Doesn't require a lot of explaining of how you need to communicate it or what exactly they are. And now things get weird. Yeah. So we made it. We made the comment earlier on that that a player should have an advantage due to better understanding of the options and the greater awareness of interactions. Uh, of the game state. And this category right here is where that really starts to come in. Uh, that's called derived information. Um, so derived information is information which all players are entitled access to, but opponents are not obliged to, to help you figure it out and might actually require some calculation skill to figure it out. Uh, so derived information is pretty much like the number of any kind of object. Okay. So the number of any kind of object present in any game zone that is not defined as free information, um, all characteristics of objects in public zones, uh, that are not defined as free or status information. And then game rules, tournament policies, Oracle content, or any other official information pertaining to the current tournament. Uh, mm -hmm. Cards are considered to have their oracle text printed on them. Now that's a that's kind of a dump right there. So maybe we should go over them one by one, break it down a little bit. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so the number of any kind of object present in any game zone that is not defined as free information. So, like we said, uh, if I've got five uh, five counters on my planeswalker, five loyalty counters on my planeswalker, I. Uh, I have to answer the question of I have five loyalty counters on my planeswalker. If I have five plus one plus one counters on my bear cub, I have to answer uh, I have five counters, five plus one plus one counters on my bear cub. But if I've got nine of those bear cubs and someone says, how many bear cubs do you have? I don't have to answer that. 
<laughs> you can you can gesture generally I at your just, bear cubs yeah. and shrug. Yeah, I just I just hold my hands out and be like I got this many. Uh, you you cannot bl- block your opponent <laughs> from being able to see them. You cannot try to deceive them in how many bear cubs you have, but you do not have to tell them. A great example of this uh, that comes up regularly would be the number of different types of objects you have in a graveyard. Uh, it comes up with Tarmogoyf. It comes up with uh, lots of lots of different cards uh, from Shadows of Innistrad that care about that. Uh, so it, it that's one of the classic ways that the number of any kind of objects present in a game zone. Uh, that's not funny. How many lands you got? Uh, you know, how much mana do you have access right. to over there? Right. I don't have to answer that. I don't have to answer it, but more, very importantly, I I can't misrepresent it. Right. Yep. I, I have to be, I have to, I, I can't say, if you go, do you have any creatures? I can't say no when I've got a, a you know, I've got a creature that maybe you, you don't realize is a creature. You think it's an artifact or something. Um, yeah, so this um, is, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna. I was gonna expand a little bit on on what Jess said with with derived information. We'll talk about, I guess, the the other two categories a little bit. Um, you can't when you answer the question. The answer has to be truthful. It doesn't have to be complete, uh, and you don't have to answer. Like if I say, "How big is your Tarmogoyf?" and Brogan says, "Today's Tuesday." <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah th- thanks. Um, or if I go, how big is your Tarmogoyf? And, and she says, I have a sorcery in my graveyard. You know, as long as she's got a sorcery in her graveyard, you know, that's a that's a valid answer. Um, and that gets into one of the other characters says, for derived information, all characteristics of objects in public zones that are not de- defined as free or status information. So the power and toughness of a Tarmogoyf is derived information that requires you to count the number of objects. So, you know, the number so of these types are, are of linked objects. together. The t- sorry, it counts, yeah, it requires you to count the types of objects. Uh-huh. So if I say, how big is your Tarmogoyf? Um, she can, Bergen can answer, you know, uh, it's a four five. Um, or she can say, I have an enchantment creature and artifact in my graveyard and leave out the fact that there's an instant. Right. Or that there's an instant in your graveyard. Right. And uh, there's there's other things like that. Like if I have a vampire nighthawk that has mm-hmm. lifelink flying and death touch and you say, hey, what what a bit like what's what what is that? And I was like, oh, I can say it's a two three with flying and lifelink and leave out the death touch. Yeah. So yep. this this kind of gets so this gets into a situation with with, with vampire nighthawk um, where some players might, you know, look over there and say, hey, hey, what's that card do? And and broken answers. Oh well, it's a two three flyer. And then I attack, and she blocks, and my my giant you know whatever dies. And I go, why? Well, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you have to tell me that it had death touch? Because um, that that feels that feels like cheating. That's information that I really you know would have should have should have had access to and i asked what it was and you didn't give it to me and you know that feels like you're cheating is it no but you will if you're representing things in that way you will have to deal with the social repercussions of people thinking you're a big jerk and not wanting to play magic with you <laughs> right 
Uh, true, true. Um, so, so there's some other consequences of that. So if I, if I look at, uh, look at Brogan and say, what, what is that? And I point to the, to the vampire Nighthawk. Um, so Brogan, Brogan answered in an incomplete, she didn't answer the question completely. She says it's a two, three flyer. Um, but she left out that it has, um, uh, lifelink. She left out that it has death touch. She also left out its mana cost, its creature type. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's color. I mean, those are all also characteristics of the card that may be relevant. You know, it's converted mana cost might be relevant. It's creature type might be relevant. And in that regard, uh, derived information, you, you kind of have to be able to leave some stuff out or else you have to answer completely every single time. Not everything is always going to be relevant and we're not going to punish somebody for not explaining something that they legitimately didn't think was relevant and wasn't relevant. So, so that's kind of where we come down on the rule of you don't have to answer completely because generally speaking, uh, even if you said it's a, it's a two, three flying lifelink death touch, you didn't answer that question completely, you know? Uh, so we we let you answer incompletely. Just what you do answer has to be truthful. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, leaving out the fact that it costs a vampire nighthawk is uh, cost is one black black. Hey, we just we just had a violation there of the communication mm-hmm. policy because you're supposed to tell me that, right? But I, you know, the, this it comes up all the time. You know, like if I'm playing a match of modern and someone plays a primeval titan. Uh, and I go, what does that do? And they say, oh, when it enters the battlefield or attacks, I get to search my library for two lands and put them onto the battlefield tapped. They've answered my question, and they've answered it correctly for what they care about, because they're probably playing Valakuts and Scape Shifts, right? But, like, they haven't told me that it has Trample, which might be super relevant later. Yeah, or that it's a 6-6, six, six, right? Right, yeah, but they're not trying to mislead me. They just haven't answered fully. And that's okay. That's why we have this information. Yeah. So while this may occasionally lead to you not having the inform, somebody not having the all the information that they want, it is ultimately on you to make sure you have the information that you want or need before you make the decision. Right. And the the other the other I guess the final part of derived information is you know the the game rules tournament policy stuff like that. If someone asks you how uh, uh, reach works, uh, you're not allowed to. You you don't have to answer them, but you're not uh, you're not allowed to tell them something like, um, you know, oh, it means that they can block creatures with horsemanship, or something like that. Uh, you can't you can't lie or give a a completely incorrect answer. Um, same same thing with tournament policy. You know, you can't tell, you can't deliberately tell somebody uh, something that's not true about tournament policy, or that a card says something that it doesn't actually say. And this is why judges exist. Yeah, this is why when when I say, "Hey, what's that card do?" or "Can I get Oracle text on uh, on whatever card?" This is why we have this thing in here that says cards are considered to have their Oracle text printed on them. That means that you can pick up the card and read it. But if it's in Japanese and you don't you don't speak Japanese, 
or read Japanese, I guess, in this case, you can say, judge, what's the, the oracle text on the card? And the judge will, here, here it is, and tell you the card, or tell you the text. Or in the case of it being an older card that may not do exactly what it says on the card. Like tabernacle. <laughs> For example. For example. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as I uh, recently found out, balance. What happened with balance, Jess? Uh Balance is uh, uh, some versions of balance have the instructions listed in a different order. Oh, wow. So the original version of balance was in one order, and then a whole bunch of later printings were in a different order. And then the oracle text is back to the original order. So, like, if you have the judge promo balance, its text is wrong. Okay, so wow. so the the beta edition is lands, cards in hands, and creatures. Right, you have to equalize those things according to that okay. card if I remember correctly. Yep, and then the judge one is lands, uh, creatures, and discard. So it switched uh, it switched discard and creatures. Uh-huh. But the oracle text is back to the first way, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Huh. Interesting. So I would not have. I wouldn't have even thought to notice that. To, to look that up. Yeah, that's one of those things yeah. where I probably wouldn't either if I didn't know that. I would I would just go by what's on the card because, like, why would they change that? Huh. So. I, yeah, so we, we all learn something every day. <laughs> um, relevant to derived information, um, at regular rules enforcement level, um, derived information is considered free. Yes. Which makes sense. Uh, it is considered free, however. Okay. I'm going to give that a big however. I realize that the policy doesn't have that. <laughs> some some big asterisks oh, around yeah. it. However. Okay. In the situation I described with Primeval Titan, I'm not going to penalize a player because they didn't just read Primeval Titan verbatim. Right. right. So even though it's considered free, if you ask me what the card does, and I'll give you part of it... Uh, I'm not really treating it like free information. Basically, the point of this is that you're not supposed to o- intentionally omit information uh, fr- from uh, during a regular REL event. Right. And it gives a little bit more wiggle room to fix things. Yeah. And if I ask you how big your, you know, how big is that creature? You know, right now, uh, going back to the example of the the bear cub with the five plus one plus one counters on it. Uh, at regular, then and I say, how big is that creature? Seven seven is the answer, um, and uh, uh, oh, um, let's let's talk about uh, uh, judges with derived information. So okay. you can you, you can help you can help players with with free information and and status, uh, but you're not supposed to help them with derived information. Uh, derived information about the game state. Yes, there's plenty of derived information yeah. you can help them with. So if they ask you a question yeah, about the comprehensive rules. rules, or if they ask you a question like, "What's the price structure for this event?" Uh, you can absolutely help them with that. Yeah, you're con- you're considered the source for that. But if they if they say, you know, like how how big is my opponent's creature? Um, don't answer that. No, don't answer that question. Right. Um, or how many how many cards does my opponent have in their hand? Right. Uh, you can't answer that question either. Yeah, you could you can you can tell the opponent you know hey spread them out so that they can count. Right. Um, yeah. If they ask how big the creature is, I think the answer is about two and a half inches by by three and a half inches. Two and a half. Uh, by three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, cool. So if you've got all this this information, or you don't have to tell them, right? But so we've covered all kinds of of 
information. We've got derived information, we've got free information, and we've got status. Um, but there's still a lot of stuff we haven't gone over, right? So <laughs> There's a lot of stuff, but it's all kind of just <laughs> dumped all together. Yeah, this is this is what in uh, in programming languages this is what's known as uh, the else clause. Yes, if then else. Well, it's it's <laughs> as, as we've gone through all of this, there has you may have noticed that there's been some amount of this includes this unless it's something that's covered by one of the one of the other ones. So so free information is like has the number and type of any counter that isn't defined as status information. So we're getting a lot of this includes this, except something that we've already talked about. And with our final type of information that is private information, it's any information that is not status-free or derived. Like um, your social security number. That's private information. I am not... You're telling me that I uh, am not obligated to tell you my social security He's number. He's telling you that, in fact, in fact, you can... Give him a different number if he asks. You can lie about your social security <laughs> number, and I have no right. recourse. So, yeah, so private information is information to which players have access only if they are able to determine it from the current visual, visual game state or their own record of previous game actions. So this is, this is where things get uh, Wild Westy, in that I, I don't have to tell you, and I also can just lie. Yes. Yes, I got uh, nine bolts in my deck. Right, I I told a player this weekend when I cast Gifts Ungiven, and they were considering whether or not to to counter it that I had four more in my hand. <laughs> yeah, there there's that's when when things are. I remember the first time a player asked me, "Do I have to tell my opponent if I have like another copy of this left in my library that they didn't take out with a surgical extraction?" It's like, no, yeah. you don't. And, and you can lie. I sideboard. I I sided out my win condition. You're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh well, it was there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, uh, are you are you going to a you know questions like are you going to attack me? You know that's actually that's not even that's not even private information. Just uh, but you can you can you can lie about anything that's not the, anything that we haven't already covered on this list. Um, what cards are in your deck? What cards are in your hand? What you're gonna do next turn? You know, like future future strategic lines of play that you're gonna do. You don't have to. You don't have to tell the truth about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now we've said anything that we haven't already talked about before. You go saying, "Well, this must fit into this category." Just, just go back through all the other types of information and make 100% sure that it doesn't fit into one of those. Yeah, and if you find something and you think, I I have trouble believing players can lie about this, uh, if, ask a question, you know. send You can send us an email about that, judgecast.gmail.com. You know, send us a, a message on Twitter and be like, hey, uh, what about this? Can I can I lie about this? Can my opponent lie to me about this? And we'll, we'll tell you, hey, uh, yes, no, or otherwise. I don't know what otherwise would be, but but I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, or otherwise. <laughs> Please try to help us ask a question that uh, comes up with otherwise. Have an answer of otherwise. Yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna find that most of the like derived information, free information, actually covers a whole lot of stuff. Most mostly private information is going to be things that 
the other player can't see anyway. You know, like cards in hand, maybe cards in sideboard, maybe cards that have been exiled face down. Uh, you know, if you if you steal something with a with a thief of uh, what is it, the thief of sanity, um, and you tuck it away, uh, and the other person asks, like, "What'd you get?" You know, I got your Teferi. Always, you know, <laughs> every every time. every time, even if uh, even if you're not playing uh, uh, blue white, I got your Teferi. Oh yeah, the just the the next level, yeah. Oh yeah, my Teferis I don't have. Right. Um, you thought you weren't playing it, but you are, and I got it. Now, what happens if I? Is there anything else we want to say about private information right now? I don't think so. It's pretty straightforward. Um, sort of tying all of this together. Um, if there is a problem with any of these things. What do we do? What recourse do we have to fix it? Or if I notice a problem as a player, what can I do? Uh, so if you notice that that one of these things has gone wrong, like we described, you should yeah. call a judge first of all. Um, you know, if you if you think your opponent has misrepresented something, even accidentally, especially accidentally, get a judge involved. Um, you know, and and to be fair, I'm not talking about something like. How many cards do you have in hand? Uh, five. Oh, I mean six. Sorry, I have six. Don't. That's not what I mean. But if something has become relevant and something has affected your game state in some way, absolutely get a judge involved. Um, now, if you are the judge, uh, you come to the table and something like that has happened. Um, you know that then the, you may need to issue a penalty for that. Um, which uh, which. How we handle that obviously depend changes depending on the, the rules enforcement level. But if you're a player, let's say you're a player who um, doesn't want to answer a question about derived information, right? If the judge asks you a question about derived information, you may want to talk to them away from the table, but you do have to answer them. You, you, you actually have to tell judges derived information stuff. You can't lie to them about it. You can't omit information when the, when the judge asks you a question. And that goes for, that goes for hidden information, too. You know, there, there would be times where it's like, you might ask how, obviously away from the table, but how many of this card are you running in your deck? Right. You know, I, I, as a judge, I'm asking that question normally because I'm doing some sort of investigation. So, you, you know, it's in your best interest to tell me. Right, 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 right. Or, or maybe, right. And, maybe and, not. And, you know, <laughs> in certain cases. In which case. In, ca- in which it, case, if you're not telling me, then I'm going to want to, I'm going to ask more questions. Yeah, uh. <laughs> and, and uh, I think Jess and Brian have both highly emphasized this, but again, you are, if you're having a conversation like this and you're worried about what your opponent will find out and you don't want to talk about it in front of your opponent, you are 100% welcome to step away from the table. And as the judge, I might, if you seem like you're, if you're asking, trying to ask a question like that, I would encourage you to encourage them to do that to, to step away from the table. Would you all agree with that? So what happens if, um, if something goes wrong here and we, we have a situation where somebody's misrepresented something like say, I, I misrepresented the size of my tarmac wife, assuming that we get a judge involved, what, what's the judge going to do? Okay. Uh, so the, the first, the first thing that, that the judge is going to do is going to try and make a determination that the, that the player who's who's calling or, or the the opponent has 
either acted on that information or clearly chosen not to act on that information. Right. So they, they, they didn't block because it was uh, not enough to kill them, but it turns out it is enough to kill them. <laughs> right. Well, so uh, depend, depending on how it was represented. Like, like if I say I attack I, for five and you go no blocks and I go, oh, wait, actually, it's six. Yes, that 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 is an example of me choosing not to act based on the information that you gave. Now, that's that's not the same thing as me looking at the Tarmogoyf, figuring out that it's five in my head. Then the person swings and say, take six. And I was like, oh, I thought it was five. Uh, uh, judge, uh, I want to not be dead now. That doesn't work. <laughs> right. Um, so... Right. So, and, and that, and this applies not just to Tarmogoyf, but if I ask how many cards are in your hand and you say two, so I cast a, a, a discard spell, a spell that's supposed to strip two cards out of your hand and then we discover that it's three. Okay. I took an action based on that information. Um, and in that particular case, that's what's called a communication policy violation. Uh, that is a, a penalty at Comprel events. It does come with a penalty of a warning and um the judge has the ability to consider doing a backup to the point of the action okay so so let me let me give a a, a clear a clear example uh just draws a card for turn um I ask how big the termogoyf is at that particular point in time uh just tells me it's a four five um he casts a, a, a creature and then attacks with the Tarmogoyf. I then decide to not block because I believe it's a four or five. Uh, then when we're calculating damage, we discover that it's a, it's a five, six, and that's going to kill me. In that particular case, what we're going to do is we're going to rewind to the point of the action, which was me deciding not to block, not the point in which Jess told me that the Tarmogoyf was 4-5. So it's not when you got the information, it's when you acted on it. Right. Acted or opted not to act on it. Right. That, that's a, that, that the opting not to act on it, that should should have been obvious, but that was added in the most recent update of the, the IPG, um, that, that not taking an action is in itself an action. It's an important, I think it's a very useful distinction. I agree. Uh, I, I I would have enforced it that way to begin with, but I also see why people might not have. Right. Yep. Now, if now in this particular case, uh, in the in the Tarmogoyf example, I took an action. I chose not to block. Now, if I ask you how many cards are in your hand, and you say four, when the answer is really five, you say four, and then in the turn, and you know you play, and then you know the game goes on a little bit. And then we realized that you actually had five cards in your hand. I call for judge, but no decisions were really made on that. No interactions were done. I didn't decide to do anything or not do anything based on that. That's not a communication policy violation, even though it's the same action um, that the that the that the opponent did was was incorrect about the number of cards because there was no decisions or or clearly choosing to act or not act based on that information. It's not a policy. It's it's not a communication policy violation penalty. So you can't penalty like if you're if you're the opponent, you know, asking a lot of questions, trying to penalty fish. It's not going to work. 
You just gonna you're just gonna make people upset. <laughs> Penalty like fish. Yeah, that's a P H I S H. Like the jam band. Yes, exactly like the jam band. That's the I that's don't... the judge based fish tribute band. Wow. Penalty fish. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start a band, y'all. <laughs> um. That's uh, Perlman and the Penalty Fish. Oh. All right, there we go. Limited Locked in. You've sealed your own fate. I yeah, for what for what that's worth, um, I think I have given out three communication pi- violation the uh, communication policy violation warnings ever. So they don't come up a lot. Yeah, they don't come up frequently. Uh, it's not uncommon for someone's initial thought on a call to be, this might be a communication policy violation. And then upon investigation, they find out it's not. Um, that doesn't mean they don't happen. Uh, they typically occur around things like misrepresenting damage accidentally. Uh, and, you know, it's it's important to make sure that that those things are, are accounted for. Um, especially in situations where you might be backing up the game because of it. It, it. If you're doing a backup, the communication was severe enough that it definitely merits a warning. And, and, and not every miscommunication between players is a, a communication policy violation. Like if I misunderstand what you're saying, uh, that's right. not necessarily, that's, that's not a communication violation. All right. Well, I, th- I think that's all we got. I guess we'll just you know, say that again. If you have any weird situations like about this, you want to talk about, you have questions about it, feel free to send us a message through our email, judgecast at gmail.com. You can contact us on Facebook or Twitter at judgecast on Twitter and facebook.com slash judgecast on Facebook. And again, we're on Spotify now. So you can download us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you can't get us where you get your podcasts, Send us an email and say, I get my podcast on this podcast player. And we'll see about getting on that platform as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. And be sure to check out our full archive at judgecast.com. Thank you to my two hosts for always being on the show, except last time when it was just broken. Uh, (laughs) And I'm Jess Dunks, and I keep it fair. I'm Brogan King, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman, and I entered the battlefield with five slumber counters. Sleepy, Brian. I am sleepy, sleepy.